Hello, friends, and welcome to the Jesus That's Good News podcast. We're glad you've joined us here today. We are entering the second part of our two-part series on church trauma. If you listened to last week's episode, you heard Devin describe her desire to be a part of a church, to go deeper uh, in her relationship with Jesus in that church and the difficulties that she encountered. Today you're going to hear of some different difficulties. What's it like when you're on the inside of the church, when you're already seemingly accepted and you encounter difficulties? Church trauma is real, unfortunately, and we're going to mention this at the end of the podcast, that if you need to talk or any further resources, just please reach out to us, friends. But with no further ado, my daughter, Taylor Wilson. Folks, if you're listening, like I said, Devin is someone from the outside trying to get in and pursue relationship. Taylor, your church trauma stems from being on the inside mm-hmm. and how insiders treated you who was right. already entrenched on the inside. Right. I know you yeah. wrote a story we'll about this. You wrote an article. Post mm-hmm. that story, yeah. Because that's amazing. It's truly like, it stops you in your tracks when you're reading it. And the hard part from the mom's standpoint is Taylor was going through so much of this, and I knew some of it. Like, I knew the shit you were going, some of the shit you were going through, but I right. did not recognize the toll it was having on your person, mm-hmm. on your actual physical body. Yeah. So do you want a to share a little it. bit about share that? A lot about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I kind of also want to give a disclaimer to anybody listening that this story does involve not just church hurt, but like themes of, of miscarriage. And so if that is something, if you're listening that you just don't want to, maybe you're not quite ready to listen time to, to end then it. this might be a good <laughs> yeah. time to, yeah. Um, just because for some people it is. Difficult. It's a trigger, yeah. It, it's it can a trigger. be, and, yeah. I, and sometimes I hate that word. Mm-hmm. It's triggering. But yeah. for some people, if you've been through a miscarriage, it, it's hard to listen to or talk about sometimes. Right. So when Jacob and I were first married, Jacob was pastoring a church. He was what was considered in the United Methodist Church a student pastor. And essentially, anybody who was of college age who was interested in going into the ministry at some point in their life they would find just like smaller churches, you no know, mega churches, no big churches or anything, but just smaller churches that were in need of pastors. And so he started serving at, at a church in rural Kentucky. And that first church he served at, that was the church that was with him through his accident that mm-hmm. he had in 2015. They were with us when we got engaged. They were with us through our marriage. And they were just truly wonderful. Yeah, they were wonderful sweet. That was a people. sweet congregation. Yeah. Wonderful people. But we were in a point where we had just gotten married. And as, as much as we loved them, Jacob made $400 a month. And that's just not a sustainable living for somebody who is just married. And so... He had reached out to the United Methodist Church and said, hey, I'm looking for a new appointment, something that is more sustainable for me and my wife. And the United Methodist Church reached back out and said, we have a perfect spot for you. It wasn't too far from where we were already living. It came with a parsonage, so we were going to have a place to live. And so it, on the outside, seemed just like a wonderful opportunity. And I think if we had to do it over, mm-hmm. I don't I think... We probably wouldn't have left that original church yeah. had we known what was going to be coming down the pike. Right. So 
we get married and about a month later we move to this new church and things as it is in every church, <laughs> things start out wonderful. Things start out great. Yeah, and exactly. That honeymoon period. That honeymoon yeah. period. And they're We're excited welcoming. to have you. Yes. About a year in to, to being at that church. You know, on top of, we're newly married. Mm-hmm. I'm just starting my career as an educator, which is a lot of change for anybody. This church starts to become very resistant to any new ideas that Jacob or I put forth um, on how to grow the church. Because that's what it's about. I, I think sometimes churches forget that their mission is not to satisfy those who are already there, but to bring in others who don't yet know the goodness of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think that is a mission that is often lost. And so through through a couple of other things, we were at that church for, I think, maybe a year, year and a half. And it got to a point where Jacob, for sure, and I were just like, you know, we can't do this anymore. It's just too taxing. So Jacob left, and the United Methodist Church reached back out and said, hey, there's another church that is in desperate need of a student pastor. Um, we would love for you to go. And so felt it was the right decision. And so, and so he took it. That is kind of where the wheels fell off. Yeah. You kind of, what is that expression? Hopped mm-hmm. out of the frying, frying pan, pan and into, into the fire. I, fire, I think that's I the right way to it? use it. Yeah. Yeah. So we get to this new church and we don't stop doing what we want, what we're, we feel like we're called to do. And that's, if you're a Christian, your goal is to create disciples and teach people about the goodness of Jesus and then come alongside them. That's your that's your goal. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're the pastor. And so that's what Jacob wanted to <laughs> do. To me. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's yeah. your job. Right. Yeah. I, that right? That's, that's a good game plan. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, Jesus commanded it. Yeah. Go into the world and make disciples. That's our, that's our job. So, we're at this church. We started that church in October, I think. Again, there's a honeymoon period, but it's not super long at this church. It was about week two. (laughs) That honeymoon period lasted about a week at this new church. We were told coming in, hey, this is a a new church. Don't don't try anything super new. Mm -hmm. We're like, that's fine. But we we were approached by some people who were extremely involved in the church, you know, help with children's ministry, help with worship. And they said, hey, we're doing this contemporary service and it's going to take place not in the church sanctuary, but in, I guess, what we would call like the fellowship hall that was connected to it. And we're like, yes, sounds great. Let's do it. If that's that's what your all's plan is, we'll, we're right behind you. So we have the service in the fellowship hall. And people are so frustrated that we are having a church service not in the sanctuary that they start yelling and screaming at another guy who, who was at the church who was kind of behind this in the storm out. And when I say screaming, I mean like you could, it was reverberating off the walls of the church. Were you to the point where like, is this actually happening? Yes. I, I remember like, there was the sanctuary and then there was a door that that door kind of led into like the classroom slash yeah. into the fellowship hall. I remember standing at that door thinking, what in the world is going on right now? Mm-hmm. And, the, and the woman who was throwing the fit had to be in her 80s. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you are 80 years old and you are screaming because... And I remember one of the co- comments was, the pastor oh, has Lord. always preached from that pulpit. Yeah. And this is God's pulpit. And she alluded to the fact that God wasn't in the fellowship. Wow. So God's God is only in one like, spot. Good to know. 
at that service, we had people rededicate at the, in the fellowship hall. We had people rededicate their lives. We had people come forward saying they wanted wow. to accept Jesus for the first yeah. time. Yeah, it was successful. So you see immediate fruit. Like immediate there's immediate fruit. like people falling in love with Jesus, this idea of Jesus, and and then they're like uh, Jesus, who apparently is not even in the building, not in the building. He's not, he's Obviously, not in that, he's not in that box. He's in the box next door. Apparently, yeah. We see this fruit. It's amazing. Two weeks later, we have to be back in the sanctuary because too many people are just are just throwing an absolute fit because God's not in the fellowship hall. God is in the sanctuary. God is in the pulpit. It's frustrating. It's so frustrating. So it's unbelievable, Devin. Right. That it happens unbelievable, everywhere. but also it does. sadly believable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so the straw that really broke the camel's back. We get to that church in October of 2017. In April of 2018, that is just when the wheels fell off. And I remember Jacob, being the pastor that Sunday morning, had called off the church service because there was snow and ice on the ground, and there in the and the parking lot had not been treated, the sidewalks had not been treated, and that's a liability. Mm-hmm. And so Jacob said, in the best interest of the church, we need to cancel service for the morning. We'll mm-hmm. come back to Sunday night service. Yeah, uh, kind of once the ice melts. And it's it's liability at that point. It's not because of laziness. Yeah, we don't need anybody breaking. It's hips. dangerous. There are a lot of old people that attended that church, and so it's in the in the best interest of the congregation. So that Wednesday, so it was on a Sunday. That Wednesday, we had a Wednesday night service, and before that, some of the church leaders had called a meeting. So we need to talk with the pastor and his wife, and and in this meeting. And I wish I was exaggerating on this. Jacob and I were meant to feel like we were two years old being scolded by a parent. Mm. How dare we cancel church service, even though it's in the best interest of the church? How Mm -hmm. dare we try and have services in a place that is not the sanctuary? They came in not just with those two issues, but with a whole list, an entire list of things that we were doing wrong. And I remember a woman who should have known better was in my face pointing fingers and just screaming at me. That's good. A lot of love. A lot of love. Church. And like berating. And I remember sitting in that and I had an Apple watch on. My Apple watch. And I will will stress, I am very calm under pressure. Like not to brag. I am very calm under pressure. You have to be to deal with 13-year-olds all day. And I remember my, my, I had my Apple watch on and it starts dinging, sending alerts. Your blood pressure, your, your heart rate wow. has been too high for too long. You need to figure something out. I'm like, it's fine. Jacob and I go home that night after being berated and we we're hoping to sleep the thoughts of it away. And I wake up the next morning and I'm just in excruciating pain. Absolutely excruciating pain. To the point I, I call into work. That Thursday and Friday, I can't go in. I can barely make it to the bathroom uh, because I had started my period, what I thought. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was a bad, bad one. It was yeah. a bad one. Yeah. And I didn't think anything of it. I just thought I've always, you know, since I was young, I've always had it's issues. It's always been a trouble. It's yeah, always it's been, a, it's always been an issue. Sure. Yeah. And so I didn't think anything of it. Like, oh, this is just a particularly bad period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sunday rolls around. And I... Tell Jacob, I said, I, I can't, I just, we wake up for Sunday morning service. I can't get, I can't get there. I'm just in too much discomfort, but I will be okay. I'll come to Sunday night service tonight. 
And the only thing that was comfortable, like I didn't want to dress up. I didn't want to have to put on dress pants or anything. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I had comfortable were just like some old like shorts and a Mm t-shirt. That's just the only, that's just what I had lounged around in all day. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get to Sunday night service. So I go and how dare you? I know. Right. Mm -hmm. And shorts and a (laughs) t-shirt. As a mother, I'm so ashamed. I figured you would be. I'm so sorry you had to find out this way. Go ahead and continue with this story. Uh, I'll search for forgiveness. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So we go into church that night. Jacob does his does his thing as the pastor, does leads a Sunday night service. And a lady in the church, who is the daughter of the woman who screamed in my face, I might add, pulls Jacob aside before we leave. It essentially shames him for allowing his wife to dress oh. like a whore in church. And I wish that was a joke, but that was the phrase that was Friends, used. If you know my daughter. She might be a lot of things, <laughs> but, a, but whore a, whore has, a whore is nothing that really comes to mind right off the bat. Um, because I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt because mm. it was the only thing comfortable because unbeknownst to me, oh I am going through a miscarriage. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. It went as, and we hadn't found out, we wouldn't find out until later that it was actually mm. a, a couple days later yeah. that it was actually a miscarriage. But that right there... Jacob is very much a, you can say whatever you want about me, but the moment you bring up my family, my wife, it's over. Um, he wrote his resignation and left it on, on a pew, and we never went back. Now, can I say that the miscarriage that I suffered, was it because of my high heart rate and this church meeting that we attended? I don't know. At the end of the day, I don't know. At that point, Jacob and I, especially me, I can't always speak for yeah. Jacob, but... I was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. This is just too much. And so for a while, we didn't attend a formal church, a church that met on Sunday mornings. We just, I couldn't do it. Thankfully, where we were living, we had a great group of people that had what's called a house church. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a church that meets in a house. And I think there were maybe 15 of us that would meet. And they were fantastic And the idea that they just let me, they let us come in Mm -hmm. with the trauma that we were carrying um, from the church, from the miscarriage, and just let us cry. And they helped us work through it. Shout out to Simple Church in Moorhead, Kentucky. There you go. Shout out to the Mm -hmm. Duffields and the Besselmans and the Keens. We love them. But that idea of the, the church has become so entrenched in the tradition and how quote unquote church is supposed to be that churches are losing yep. sight and it's not all churches. Mm. This is not a generalization, mm-hmm. but I saw it in that church. It was losing sight of what their mission was. And I thought, you know what, if this is how, if, if this is how churches are going to be, if it's not about making disciples and leading people to Jesus, and it's all about how are you dressed? Where's the service being held? Who are we dedicating this service? Mm. Like, it, then I'm out. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't do it. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. It's really interesting yeah. because, first of all, thank you for sharing that, Taylor, mm. because as a mom, it's hard to hear that. And it's not that Taylor wasn't in contact with me during that time. Like, I was hearing a lot of this mm-hmm. crap as it was going down, but mm-hmm. she kept the miscarriage part away from me. I, I didn't tell you yeah. until a while after. Yeah. 
or your father. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't a shame process. thing. I just, I think I was still trying to process it on my own. Yeah. I totally and, get that. No, honey, I totally get it. And yeah. thank God for simple church or the house yeah. church people. Yeah. I owe them so much, you know, like coming alongside. And I remember there were so many times we would go to their house and it, it was such a wonderful environment. We would go, we would always eat. We yeah. Every mm-hmm. makes sense around the table, around the table. Right. And, and we would, yeah. and we would study scripture. And I remember there were so many evenings where I would just sit there mm-hmm. and Jacob would, and we would just cry. And they knew that there wasn't anything they could do to fix it in that moment. But the fact that they sat beside us and held our hands and walked with us through right. it was, uh, was something that we had not experienced in any other church since we had been married. And so it was, mm. it was very therapeutic. It was very healing. And it was, and that it was what same. we needed in yeah, that time. My time with yeah. Julie. Yeah. I think it was just, a, I think the first four weeks of Bible study, yeah. I just cried every week <laughs> because it was, we would walk through scripture together mm-hmm. and it was an enlightening moment to me that, oh, like everything I've learned is not like Jesus does love me. Jesus does accept me. Like you're relearning Jesus's love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It sounds like through that house church and just what I did with Julie too. Yes. Um, it's like, yeah. oh, like this yeah. is how it's supposed to be. It is a healing process. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. At that moment, it's judgment free. They weren't questioning mm-hmm. why I was feeling what I was feeling. They were. They just, didn't ask you why. Yeah, they why didn't in the care. Did you wear shorts and a t-shirt. They didn't say why were you dressed. They, <laughs> why were you dressed like a whore? They yeah. didn't say. Well, did you donate mm-hmm. enough money? Maybe you'll feel better mm-hmm. if you donate or if you tie them. And what's more to so the sad is like, yeah, every well everything that you had just shared with us. But that woman to say that about you, not knowing the day that you've just had, and that you were actively going through a miscarriage and all you could do to put you know mm-hmm. all, what you wore to church that night that's what stuck out to her she didn't care what you were going through or she didn't care mm-hmm. to ask how are you taylor right it was just because you were representing her church in a quote wrong way yes yeah and i think in my own reflection and we have since i don't want to say we've mm-hmm. moved past it because how do you move past something like that but we have healed from it there are times where I still it hurts there are times where Mm. it's still just very raw but for the most part I think we have we have moved past it but I think that church and churches in general have gotten into such a habit of worshiping tradition and they don't realize it is so detrimental to the mission of the church (laughs) and believe me as a historian Mm. I love a good tradition. Yeah. Oh, we love it. I love yeah. studying it. I love, you know, that's, that's my job. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just study the history of why things are the way they are, but there's a time and a place for it. Mm. And the church is not the time or place for entrenching themselves in tradition. If for, it's not the tradition of the Bible or the yeah. tradition that represents the person of Jesus. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I think so much about, you know, we, mm. we joke about the Pharisees yeah. being asshats all the time. <laughs> All the time <laughs> for a reason, you know, the Pharisees yes. would have been the first ones to call you a whore mm-hmm. and you were dressed like yep. in a t-shirt and shorts. We talked a couple weeks ago, Devin, too, mm-hmm. about how they like mm-hmm. their long tassels, right? Yes. And it was all about what they were wearing yep. mm-hmm. that made you holy. Mm-hmm. And the sad part is here we are 2000 years later mm-hmm. and we're still fighting the same fights mm-hmm. over the most ridiculous aspects 
Yes. Of, of yeah, what it means the main to be a true Jesus follower. Yes. And that's love. It all boils down to love. Yeah, it's love. And somehow that gets thrown out the window yeah. nowadays. And the only, like, the visual representation right. yeah. that's coming to my mind, Taylor, talking about that church that you were a part of, Jesus would come in there and he would flip the hell out of those tables. That's he would. He I, I was thinking, right. I always think, I saw, I, I think it was a meme somewhere, but it said, if America existed during the time of Paul the Apostle, we would 100% yeah. be getting a letter. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Like the church in America would be getting a letter. Yes. Yeah. It was, uh, we were talking about it before the service or before the service, before the podcast that, um, Paul had to write a letter to, to the church in Galatia. Like you've allowed people to come in and pervert the gospel. Yeah. They're turning it into something that it's not. So can I speak on this for a second? Yeah, absolutely. So you want to get your preach on? I don't know if it's preach. Well, is it Devin? Go on girl. Go on girl. Yeah. I love Paul in the in the Bible. I have a, several favorite people. Paul, I think, is one of my favorites because Paul is somebody who, by all, he he checked all the boxes. He was the perfect Jewish person, right? He followed the laws. He 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 checked all the boxes, right? And so it was all about the external thing, doing absolutely. the right things for Paul. You're absolutely. right. He, and he claims that he was like the best Jew ever. Yes. And, Perfect. and yeah. if you look at the quote unquote boxes that he ticked, he was, I mean, he did everything right. But in Acts, in the book of Acts, we see Paul's conversion and where he realizes the truth of Jesus and he's not the same. Yeah. And what I love about Paul is he was then not afraid mm. to call out churches and mm. be like, you are doing things and it is not good. You need to stop. Yeah. And so in in the book of Galatians, it's a letter that Paul has written to the to a church, I believe that he had helped start. Yeah. Yeah. And in the church, they were being influenced by a lot of outside expectations. And a big one is the concept of circumcision. So mm-hmm. if you're Jewish, right, you're you're circumcised. Yeah. It and re- it is, that represented an important covenant. Absolutely. With God. Sure. Yes. Yeah. And so people were coming into the church in Galatia and saying, well, you're not circumcised. You're not following this tradition. You're not meeting this expectation. And Paul writes them a letter saying, mm. that's not who you're supposed to be listening to. Yeah. You know, if you are following the tradition, mm. then you are not following the mission of Jesus. So Paul is not afraid to call out these churches and say you are beginning to fall back into your old ways of following tradition when that's not as Christians, that's not what we're called to do. Yeah. It's not about if you're circumcised. It's not about if you follow this rule or that rule or that rule. That's the old way. Jesus has come to show us a new way. Yeah. And And the Royal law, if you will, that mm -hmm. new way is the law of love, loving God, right. Loving neighbor. As you love yourself. Right. And that doesn't, that's not to say there aren't expectations in the church. Of course. Yes. But, right. But we are, under, you know, Jesus came not to abolish the law. He wasn't getting rid of, of the expectations, but he came to fulfill them in a perfect way. And so people, I think, sometimes forget that there's a, there's a new way of doing things. Mm-hmm. It's not about the tra- tradition. It's not about worshiping the tradition. It's about showing people the love of Mm. Jesus. It's about changing lives. 
Mm-hmm. And you can't do that when you're worshiping tradition. Wow. You guys both, both of you have very powerful stories. And he, yet here you both are on Sunday morning, still embracing your faith. And I think you both kind of alluded to it, but if someone is out there and they're listening to this and perhaps they've struggled from, or they're struggling from a little bit of PTSD, whether from being Mm -hmm. from the outside trying to get in or from the inside, Mm -hmm. you know, experiencing like what you experienced, Taylor, like what kind of hope can you offer them or what kind of encouragement can you give someone who is perhaps even questioning well, their faith is even have in common it. too is you know once we got out of that i guess toxic relationship if you want to you know put it that way there we both experienced this yeah, two yeah. to six week and beyond healing process where we both have been brought to tears mm-hmm. in realizing you know it's all about finding the right fit or the or the right channel or conduit of of Jesus whether it's through, you know, what I call my secret mm-hmm. weapon of a pastor, Julie, or Taylor finding, you know, her own home church. You just have to find your right fit to feel the love of God. And I think that's mm. what gave me hope is knowing that, okay, wait, I am fully loved. I am fully accepted. And I can't have a full relationship with Jesus moving forward. I just got to find my people to do it with. That changed everything for me. And obviously, I right. haven't been in a better place in my life than I am now because I had Julie there for me to show me the true love of God and what the Bible is truly about. So all that to say, don't lose hope. Don't lose you know, your faith. There, It's out there. You just have to find the right people to share it with and to learn from. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully this yeah. podcast is that for some people until maybe yes. they find like an in-person, you know, group mm-hmm. to belong to. Maybe yeah. this is an encouragement for people to, to just hold on. Yeah. You know, don't give up. Just yeah. hold on a little bit longer. Yeah. What do you think, Tay? I don't want to sugarcoat it and say yeah. that everything is perfect now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been sure. five years, but I still struggle. You know, I think, I think today, oh, mm. I would have a four-year-old. Mm. Um, mm. You would be a grandma. Yeah, I know. Um, mm. And so there are some days where it's hard. And I think, like Devin said, finding people who are going to come along beside you and be with you through that. It, And I don't want people to get discouraged Maybe if you've never been to church and think, yeah. well, that's how every church is. Because it's not. No. Jacob and I now attend, mm. are attending a church. It's not like that. Not mm. every experience is going to be like mine and Devin's. Yeah. There are good people out there. Mm. And sometimes you <laughs> find them when you Preach. least expect it. You do. Yes. Yeah, when you least expect it. Um, and so there's always a surprise. I mean, I, I say that in all honesty, you know, Taylor, where you're at now, where you guys are located and, mm-hmm. and through your job, making the friends that you made and mm-hmm. the friend ended oh, wow. up being a long lost cousin of ours, yeah. which is crazy. <laughs> yes. and, then, and then that's who you end up going to church with and, yes. and experiencing this healing season. I mean, finding you couldn't have people. planned that. Absolutely not. Could not have planned it. That was a total God thing. It was. Total <laughs> God thing. You know, Devin, we couldn't have planned it. You know, in Cincinnati, yeah. when we went to uh, went to that little conference mm-hmm. or whatever that that yeah. session was, and um, I think God is going to place the 
the right people in your life to help you through the good and the bad and the ugly and the dysfunction and the joy and the pain and all of the above. Yeah. And you need your people. You got to have your people. If you don't have your people, you're screwed. Yeah. There's no way you're making it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just so thankful for my people. Yeah. And the people who helped us through Mm. our time in 2018. Yeah. And the people that we have now. Like you said earlier, it's a a work in progress. Like, it's not going to be smooth sailing from here on out. Absolutely. That's why having your people around you is so important. And not only having your people, but, you know, there is a sifting process to finding your people. And um, once you have those around Mm -hmm. you, it it changes everything from not only just like your faith side, but just Mm -hmm. life. Like you have to have those people, you know, who are on your side and support you. And I keep on saying this, but who fully know you and fully love you anyway. Right, right, right. Yeah. Because that's how Jesus exactly. is. He fully knows you and fully loves yes. you. And so you find those people who can give you that actual mm. representation of what unconditional love looks like. Yes. And I'm telling you, when you have a, a moment <laughs> of that and the healing that comes from that, it's addictive that, in all the good ways. It is. You just want more. And it's not just people. There are churches out there that do that as well. They do. It's not just people. It's it's churches. There are churches out there who, who yes. embody what Christ is supposed to be like. It, yeah. But the life of Jesus is supposed to be like. Yeah. And that is, you know, the church we're in now. Yeah. It's very therapeutic as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. And so there are good churches out there. Unfortunately, Devin and I <laughs> didn't always attend those churches. Yeah. Exactly. We had to sift, we sifted them out for you <laughs> yeah, all. So, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we did the dirty work. <laughs> you did the dirty work. <laughs> we did the dirty work. Unfortunately, we're not mentioning those churches by name. No. We don't want to necessarily call them out. That's mm-hmm. fighting every urge I have in my body. I know. To, to, I will to, say, yeah. here is some, here's a, a little dose of, I guess, karma. Is I share, so back in yes. August, I, I wrote the story down. Published yeah. through Stove Leg Media, which is yes. who we, who you all. Shout out to Nate Metz. Yes. And his Shout out to Nate. At, uh, Stove Leg. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they published my story and I shared it on Facebook. Yeah. I didn't think much of it. I just thought, oh, a couple people will read this. It'll be good. Yeah. Whatever. Yes. It reached a lot of people. Yeah. It, did. it reached a lot of people. And I was able to look mm. on Facebook on the shares button. And mm. who shared it? Yeah. And some of those were open and I could, you know, some people have their profile set to private. Yeah. Some people don't. And you can see who shares oh, wow. and you can see who likes and comments. Mm. And I didn't mention any names of churches mm-hmm. in that writing, but I did see that a, a daughter or a, or a granddaughter mm. of one of the church members shared my post. Oh, does it? It's really <laughs> close to home. Wow. I wonder And why. I was like, hmm, does it? I wonder if you know. Oh, So that was kind of like, I don't know. Sounds kind of evil. No, but it's like, almost like justice <laughs> in a weird way. A little yeah. bit, yes. It's yeah. like a little bit like justice. Yeah. So, yeah. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> well, it just seems really cheap and weird to say thank you for your stories. I don't really even know how to even bring this kind of to a close but I think our um, again our goal was that if if you have suffered in any way from the church as someone who has been in the church and has served as a pastor mm-hmm. I want to say I'm sorry and um, we hope that this not just this episode but all episodes are a way for you to find encouragement to grow in your relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. and 
Because we think he is the epitome of the good news. He's not the epitome of the good news. He He, is the good news. He is the good news. He is the good news. And as much as, like, Julie is not the good news, and Devin is not the good news, and Taylor, you're not the good news either. I hate to say it. But we have the privilege of sharing the good news. Mm -hmm. And we can testify to the goodness of Christ and of who Jesus is. And so we want to invite people into that kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, thanks so much, you two, for both of you sharing your stories just so powerful and i love both of you well can i also say <laughs> no, you're no, done. if you're not sharing that. anything else no go ahead go ahead that's fine yeah no well, go ahead well can i also say that if you have listened to this and and you have experienced some sort of church trauma mm. i highly encourage you to reach out to your people and and Taylor, no. if someone has questions about what you went through, maybe if they want to uh, d- send us a direct message via would, Facebook, yes. maybe you can. Uh, they can reach out to you directly. We I can would love pass it. along a message. I to would them. love it. Okay. I would love it. Yes, because the the worst mm. thing that you can do in those moments is stay silent. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so. And same with you, Devin. If we have uh, members yeah. of the LGBTQ mm. community who have questions about faith mm. and all of that, yeah, if they yeah. want to reach out, we mm-hmm. can definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Love you. So thank you both. So Love moving you. forward here, um, just a reminder to check us out on our Facebook page, the Jesus That's Good News Facebook page, where Julie is a rock star and shares all sorts of great things um, daily, it seems like at this point. Um, she's just spreading all the good news out there. <laughs> um, also... Oh, Devin. That made me a... I did not mean that at all. I brag on you all the time, you know. I know. Um, But what we will do is, Taylor, if it's okay and we have your permission, we'll go ahead and reshare that amazing article that you wrote. So it'll be, you know, up there for everybody to see again. And again, we would love to connect with you. And like Taylor said, feel free to reach out and we'll get you connected over with with T, you know, if need be. Um, Also, if you like the podcast, Podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe. Right, podcast. <laughs> podcast. Also, bad if you like podcast. the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. And on behalf of Julie, Taylor, and myself, and then Jacob in the background there, Jacob, we love you. Here's to the good news. May we be it. May we seek it. May we spread it. So pull up a seat. There's no reservation needed. Be well, friends.